Professional wrestling superstar, champion, entrepreneur, author, and show host. The Big Guy Ryback feeds you more interviews, more stories, more information, and more laughs than ever before. <laughs> Conversation with the Big, the big Guy Ryback starts. Now, welcome to Conversation with the Big Guy Ryback. I am the Big Guy Ryback, and today I'm joined by somebody who I'm very fond of. He is one of the most hilarious guys going on social media and YouTube today. It's Cassidy Campbell. You can find him on YouTube under Cassidy Campbell and Instagram. What's going on, man? Not a lot. What's going on with you, man? Doing good, man. Thank you for making time. For this, oh yeah, for sure, man. For I'm, sure, I'm a big fan of everything you're doing. Oh, thanks, dude. Appreciate it. I was gonna Appreciate ask you because I initially, I think I saw you from John Bravo, who I follow yeah. on there and have had on. And what, when did you start all of this? Like two, a little over two years ago. That's it. Only a couple years. Yeah, like it'll be well because I started really the summer of 2017. So yeah, not. That much longer than two years. What was for you? What was because I mean you're approaching nearly a million subscribers on YouTube. Which, yeah, that's tremendous. Taking forever it feels like to get there. So, like, like I swear to God, because YouTube will like fuck you, man. Like, like some months, like they'll have you doing phenomenal, right? And you just you every everything you put out does well, right? Or, yeah. Or just like I had a month, or I've had months where. I'm just getting every video in the millions of views, right? And then some months, like no matter what I put out, like I can't get anything to even break a million. So it, it's like luck, man, just hitting the algorithm. It's like, cause like it doesn't, it, it doesn't even matter sometimes if the video is even good or not. That's, it's funny you so. say that because I just started mine four months ago. It was the yeah. only thing. And I noticed right off the bat because like Instagram, we t- I talk about it on the show all the time mm-hmm. with people. I was yeah. get Instagram is a whole other thing, and they're they're screwing with people yeah. in a whole other way. And then I go oh, over yeah. to YouTube, and I realize like, for me, I go, man, this is way better. At least and we get paid for our content. And yeah, but they yeah. were distributing my stuff. I mean, I think we done. I think we just passed one hundred thirty five thousand subscribers in four months. Yeah. But I've noticed yeah. that too, where it's. Like right off the bat, it was red hot, and then all of a sudden, it just yeah. cooled down. But then it, it started going again. Out. Yeah, it's like it's like they don't want you to make so much money, or they only want you to make so much money. That's that's what I think it is, or they don't want you to grow so fast. Because the faster you, know you grow, mean? that's like it, the faster you grow, the more power and leverage you'll have because the more money you're making. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've seen people grow really, really fast. Like I've seen people hit a million subs literally you know in less than a year and not even a year man like like i i I, man like maybe six months the thing is though they grow so fast but then they die out really fast yeah so i would rather grow slower but then you know be able to maintain uh you know um those views and stuff like that and, and just be up there still than just blow up really quick and then just die out and I get no views all of a sudden because I can't either think of content or put anything good out there, you know? 
No, absolutely. I, I always try to understand. I don't understand why. Because like for like Instagram, for example, they're they're screwing with people. And I've I've noticed it on yeah. from when I started it years ago that they, they want you to pay for the, the, the paid advertisements and the, the sponsored posts. That's how they make their money. And when I pulled my advertising yeah. money with them and I go through another company, they they legitimately have told me that they've restricted my engagement even further because of pulling yeah. that ad money. But they're doing it to everybody because mm-hmm. they want you to spend more time on there. And they always say, oh, the algorithm, yeah. the algorithm. It's all bullshit. It's all just a money grab. But like YouTube, yeah. they make their money mm-hmm. from the commercials. So it's like... The more people that see your videos, the more money they're making. So yeah. I don't understand and why I, they would want to uh, inhibit that, but they, it makes sense because I've seen uh, it myself. Yeah, I feel like they also want to give opportunities to new, smaller channels and stuff like that, so they can grow. Because if they're only given, uh, you know, all these views to these big channels, then these other smaller channels don't have a chance to grow. But um, as far as as far as Instagram, dude, like I, man. I cannot grow for shit. And the only time I've ever gained a lot of followers on Instagram was when really big pages share my content. Like I never just make a post and it gets a ton of views and whatnot. And all these new people see it. I don't get the followers. It doesn't make any sense. And I see these other people. I'm like, damn, these people have like, you know, millions of followers and their content is like, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't even make sense, but it's maybe it's, different audience or they're just hitting the algorithm. I don't even know. Man. I honestly, but you know what honest? I think it is? I think it's, I think those people are paying a lot of money. And, and unless I'm sure Something. there's people, some people that aren't, but, and I think chicks Something. are kind of exception to the rule. The ones that are just yeah. posting naked pics, that, that's a whole other thing. Yeah. To, I mean, <laughs> yeah, they're going to, they're going to get, people are going to flock to that no matter what yeah. and whatnot. Yeah, but like, I've seen other guys on it because I've seen it myself and I have 1.2 million. I've gained 200,000 the last couple of years and I don't even get engagement for those 200,000, let alone the other million. And I'm like, it's, but if I post, I like certain videos will get views, but like if you post a still photo or something, it doesn't get any, I'll be lucky to get a thousand, 2000 things Mm -hmm. on it. And I go, that was never like that. So. Yeah. I didn't even really start posting seriously on Instagram until maybe like a year and some change ago, year and a half ago. So did you I do mean, that more just that, to help get people to the YouTube? Yeah. And just, I mean, some people do this, honestly, a, a different audience. A lot of them. It is right. So it's kind of, it's kind of difficult, man. But, um, I mean, I do Facebook. I started Facebook in June. Facebook is really good to be honest. It, it was hard to get going at first, but once I got it going and, uh, I think I had like 2000 followers, <laughs> And in June, and now I have about two hundred thousand. Wow! So and, and Facebook actually pays you. So do they see? I don't use. I have Facebook, but I haven't. Yeah. I, and I use it for my advertising stuff for my supplements. But I yeah. don't spend. I'm not on there at all. Yeah. If you post your videos, man, uh, if you I believe you, once you hit ten thousand followers on there, they monetize you and um, Facebook you can does start making money. Yeah, and I the good thing that. is people will share. People will share your videos on Facebook. Like on YouTube, like it's just like, hey, uh, is the algorithm going to recommend me today or whatnot? And then on Facebook, at least people can share you so you have a better chance of, you know, your video trending or whatever. Because 
all these people are sharing, the thousands of people are sharing your video, good shit, you know, you're going to get more views. Absolutely. That's smart. I didn't even, I'm going to look into that with my, the guy that yeah. I have that helps me with that YouTube, because yeah. that would be a good way to mm-hmm. feed even more traffic over to YouTube. Mm-hmm. Man, there's so many social media platforms. I always watch like Gary Vaynerchuk yeah. and I've talked to him. Yeah. Man, I'm like, I don't, I don't that drive yourself crazy. Up, man. That guy cracks me up. He, he's, he's as real as they come, but he's, um, the thing is, man, like, no, I, um, I, I, I do agree with a lot of the stuff he says, but so much of the stuff is like common sense. It's like, yeah. and then people hear it, they're like, oh my God. They kiss his me. ass. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, dude, this was common sense. And you guys are now all of a sudden, just because this guy says it, you guys, it's just clicking it's in your the brain. The second coming of Jesus. <laughs> it's- <laughs> yeah. It's like, dude, you should have known this. You should have known this in the beginning. And like, I, I love how much he says, fuck. Yeah. Well, if you're dealing with the audience that he's dealing with, you have to. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I remember I, I saw this this one that cracked me up the most was uh, this kid he's on live stream with on uh, Instagram. With He's like, Gary, I'm trying to, you know, make content, and I'm just figuring out, I'm trying to figure out what to do. Do you have any advice for me, Gary? What you need to do <laughs> is you need to make fucking content that you don't get, think is going to fucking do good. And then he's like, say that again, Gary. <laughs> and then he repeats himself. And he's like, oh my God, that is such a good idea. I'm like, that doesn't even make sense. Why would you make content that you don't think is going to do good? Uh, like, that was one of the, the times when I was like, Gary, what the fuck? But because but Gary said it, the kid starts kissing his ass. It's and like, everyone claps. Uh, That's I've noticed. Yeah, just showing yeah. that anybody will agree with him just because, you know, of who he is. I've, but I've I do agree that with too. a lot of the stuff. Yeah, I do too. He's but I he's, troll him a lot. Yeah, he's I, very I, pro I, I, uh, social media. Where I'm yeah. kind of, uh, I look at this stuff. I go, it's good. It's good for business. It's the only reason why I use it. I I look at this stuff mm-hmm. as like major distractions. Like, like it is. The less time I'm on it, the happier I am, and the more I get done. And yeah. I'll sometimes, I man, and you get on it, and then I'll like I'll catch myself scrolling, and I go, I go, what the fuck am mm-hmm. I doing? I'm wasting yeah. my time right now watching people I don't give a fuck about. That's not going to help me mm-hmm. in any way possible. It doesn't make me feel good. And I just like get away from it. And like, yeah. the problem is it, I use it for business so much. It's just, but uh, they're like, I wish Gary would kind of talk about, and he does sometimes say like, get off my stuff and go do the work. But yeah, he's like heavily invested in social media. Also, I believe yeah. where he talks very like, like this, the greatest times of our life. Like, yes, but it's also very dangerous times. And like, we give this shit to kids and it could really like distract you from ever achieving anything in life. So. Oh yeah, most definitely. I think, uh, well, if, if I didn't make content for social media, I would probably be on there like a, a tenth of the amount of times that I'm actually on there. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I, I tell myself, I go, why do I like spend? It just, it's not like the guy saw this guy out here, Bradley, and he goes, social media and everything he goes all it is he's like it's a distraction he goes the more we sit and just compare the less time we actually prepare for what like we need to be doing and i was like man that's perfect so it's like all balance like if you can just do it man like i wake up early and do all my shit in the morning and yeah and then throughout the day i'll pepper some stuff in here and there as i go along but like when i i sometimes just take it off my phone as the day goes along because it's just it's it's too much, man, and that's the thing. Like it's a distraction yeah. to where it's addicting. So, and all of us have addictive yeah. properties to us. So, oh yeah, I should definitely uh, not be on there sometimes <laughs> because I waste so much time. Like I'll try to just put my phone away and it's hard, right? Do other things, but uh, you, yeah, I, I, I it, it's definitely a problem, man. 
for a lot of people. How old are you now, Cassidy? I am 27. So you, did you, I mean, what age did you get your first cell phone? Oh man, I didn't even get a cell phone until I was 18 because my parents would never give me one. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. That's actually, that's not a bad, I don't think that's a bad thing though. No, I know. I see kids, little kids with like cell phones and tablets these days. I want to just take it from them. Like, what the hell? <laughs> I, I see like, kids why, like skateboarding parents, and shit down the road on their phone. And I'm like, what is going on? This is like just a technology nightmare. Here, kids, you yeah. have these things that we're addicted to and we can't get off of. Yeah. Here, you guys could spend yeah. your whole lives on them. But yeah, no, I'm not giving my kids cell phone, that's for sure. I was thinking about that too. Like if a, I had kids, yeah, I don't know if I would want to. Yeah, exactly. Like, what do you need it for? You're like 10. Why, do you, why does a 10 year old need a cell phone? <laughs> like, I didn't have a cell phone, I was fine. Yeah, no, to, to create Instagram pages and or TikTok and yeah. Snapchat. and Oh, that's the last thing my kid's going to do. <laughs> they, they're not having any social media. Because, I mean, there's there's some freaking weirdos on there, too. So Oh, man, yeah. No, it's... Yeah. Well, I, I said, if I, the thing is, too, though, man, if you, like, stay busy, like, you, you like, hustle and get stuff done, and you're working. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of people, though, they work, and then, or they're not doing anything, and then they, they're kind of just, like just around all day and it, it's one thing to like it, it's taken over tv in the sense of and it's in our hands it is it is that people it, don't even watch tv barely like it's all they go on youtube facebook yeah you know instagram like he's dying out i once sometimes will sit down and i turn on the tv just so i could work on my phone and i go fuck <laughs> yeah like this is yeah. What age are we living in? And it, but it's what I've seen people, man, even like at the wrestling shows or going to events. And it's like I went to a comedy thing, uh, Dave Chappelle here in Vegas a couple of years ago. And people on the phone? It, what's that? People were on their phones? No, but the Chappelle thing, they made you lock your phones up before you go in in these bags. Oh, uh, okay. And it was the greatest yeah. thing I've seen because no, everybody enjoyed the show and like, you can't. You don't have to worry about looking at your phone for two hours because right. you can't unless it's an emergency and you could run up like a dickhead to the thing and get a key from them and make a big deal out of it to to answer your phone. But man, right. I had a, I was like, man, they should do that for every big event, which I know they do at a lot of them. But it's it's like it's like zombies, and then after the show, all the humans were leaving the show and just like glued to their phones because they'd been off them for two hours. And I go, man, this is. Right. It's so weird how we're all like it's all of us. It's not like it's it's a really hard thing not to be addicted to it. So yeah, because I mean, obviously, like ten, well, I'd say like more like you know, fifteen, twenty years ago. I mean, when we didn't have like the technology as there is today. Nobody was glued to their phones. You know, people were actually socializing with each other and stuff like that. Like now, if you go out, you know, people are always on their phones and stuff, like you said. So. Have you Bad ever thing, man? Yeah. Have you noticed too? And I know like because I've met like different women like from the gym and over the phone that mm-hmm. work out at the same gym and they're very mm-hmm. shy in person. Like they oh no social skills. Have you encountered that with people? Oh, of course, man. All the time I meet people that uh have have no social skills. <laughs> like when I'm doing my when I'm doing my videos interacting with people, I'm like, Jesus, was this person like never communicated before? What was for you when you started this a couple of years ago? What was uh, the inspiration for you just to start this? Because I I'm drawn to it because I, I and I I'm I man I love comedy and I I'm actually yeah. going to be doing a a thing for the a character Chip Sheffield a shopping cart hero where uh, blasting okay. people with a megaphone and a whistle and I got penalty flags and over the top thing for people uh, not returning their shopping carts because that's a big pet peeve of mine out here yeah. along with some of the other stuff but. 
like Matt, you have so many different characters, and you're you're fucking hilarious. What what like was your inspiration for all this? Uh, to be honest, I <laughs> I I just always kind of wanted to make content like comedy slash entertainment content, and I would just go on YouTube and see well videos like in the I guess same genre, and I was like, oh, I, I kind of want to do something like that, but do it my own way. Yeah, and. Uh, I just ended up doing it. I mean, I didn't really think much of it when I started. I didn't think it was going to, like, blow up or anything like that. But I just kept going, you know? Because at first it was slow, man. It was, was, it was a slow start because you got to be patient. But and, and I didn't have, like, help from any other people because, you know, I see some people, they'll grow really fast because they'll get help from a, another uh, big YouTuber, you know? Somebody, somebody just, like with a lot of followers, but I didn't have that. So I just had to, you know, keep posting and be patient. And what, what were you starting at when you started all this? And did you have like a, someone like, cause I, I finally went and like after I got healthy here, I hired a videographer to kind of follow me yeah. around on different things. And I, I, even mm-hmm. me, like I didn't have that. And so I didn't do a lot of stuff. I did a lot of my own social yeah. media stuff. And then once I got the videographer and kind of things just fell into place and I was like, fuck, this is makes it way easier and stressful. Mm-hmm. Like you'd mentioned, like starting off on your own. Did you have somebody like helping you record and all this? And when you say started oh, slow. I mean, yeah, that was, that was the main reason why it took me so long to even get started because I didn't have anybody who could film yeah. uh, consistently. So that was number one. Then number two was just it, it took a while because, I mean, like, you know, you – I had nothing at the time. So, I mean, obviously I had to gain the subscribers and stuff and just be patient and keep posting content so more and more people could see it. And eventually, you know, started growing. It's not like it just grew overnight, you know? Uh, so. Were you motivated? Like, so that's the thing that interests me. Like, for like someone like you starting from nothing and growing this into what it is, did you just believe yeah. in yourself so strongly when you started this that you knew – that if you just kept putting out content and, and obviously you, I, you have to enjoy what you do. And it, I feel mm. like that's why another reason why you're successful because you're so good at it. Yeah. But no, when I you don't see those results early on, like what, what kept you going during that? Well, I mean, I was getting really good feedback. I mean, I was gaining like, you know, I was getting some subscribers and my views, my views were slowly going up. So, yeah. I mean, I was like, okay, you know, I'm doing something here. I'm doing something right. And then um, just kept posting. Then the more and more I was doing it, then it started to pick up a lot faster over time. But it wasn't like instant, like snap of the finger. Oh my yeah. God. Like you're at a million subs. <laughs> no, and you were getting the and feedback. It, that's important, that feedback, I think, with the yeah. comments and things. And, and that's how I know too on things I see. I'm like, okay, because they will let you know if you're on the right track or not. So, oh, of course. Yep. Yeah, because. And, and I knew that my stuff, the way or the way my content was, that nobody else did anything. Like, people obviously do stuff that's in the same genre yeah. or whatever. Like, I guess, social experiments or pranks, as you want to call them. I don't really call it pranks because I'm more like, it's like a social, I guess, a social experiment or trolling, whatever. So, like, I don't know, man. Like, some people think I go too far or whatever, just, <laughs> but I don't really give a shit. I mean, like, because they want to see some soft-ass shit, but, like, yeah. to be honest, I mean, I like the way I do it and it's more out there. And sometimes like I would honestly be more vulgar in my videos and say more outlandish stuff. If um, YouTube's guidelines were different, yeah. but you got to kind of keep it with it. <laughs> I have to really, yes, exactly. And then I'll censor the video. Like I'll bleep out 
certain words and stuff because just the way YouTube is, it sucks, man. Because I you, can't. It's, it's fully... TV without being because it was supposed to be more free than TV, and now and my yeah. guy that does because he tells me because man, I like to cuss. And it and like I, I'm all about the the your audience and the settings. Like mm-hmm. if I'm doing stuff on my own and like if I'm hanging out with my friends, like I'm gonna cuss. And I and I kind of yeah. treat the YouTube like where I'm very comfortable in front of a camera. And, but if I know I'm on a PG friendly TV show with WWE, I know I'm not gonna cuss because it's within mm-hmm. that. And like YouTube, I feel like now it's like if you want your stuff to be distributed with that algorithm to hit all audiences. They're censoring it with the cussing and whatnot. It's like my guy said, yeah. he's like, just pull back on it as much as you can. Yeah. Cause I noticed you can say, you can't say fuck. You can't say bitch. You can't say slut. You can't say whore, but you can, you can say like damn shit and ass. Yeah. It's weird. <laughs> it's yeah. Yeah. I don't know what the, but I mean, you gotta, I, I like, I'm drawn to your videos because it's, I think that when you, you separate yourself though, is because you're good at pushing the the envelope and making people uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. which comes yeah. across. I think people like to see that because it's everyone's so scared these days of that. And I, you're that, scared to do it. Yeah. They think the stuff I do is like so crazy, but but uh, to me, it's pretty normal, normal behavior. Like I don't see anything weird about it. <laughs> no, it's was it when you started this, and, and I highly recommend everybody check you out. And I put your the Instagram Cassidy Campbell and on YouTube that in these different settings and these different characters, was this mm-hmm. something that like, cause I feel like for me and you hear, I'm pretty good at just, I feel like getting in the flow and doing things and, and whatnot, but like the impractical jokers, I hear everybody, Oh, I could do that. I could do that. No, honestly, there's, their stuff is impractical. Impractical jokers to me, like, isn't that crazy. And, yeah. and they laugh the whole time. Yep. So I'm like, they're kind of giving it away. The fact that they're laughing. You stay in character the entire time. Yeah, exactly. That's why I'm like, uh, to me, like, well, before I started anything like this, I, if I was to watch impractical jokers, I'd be like, okay, yeah, you know, that's, that's pretty, you know, out there. But now I'm just like, dude, honestly, this is really freaking soft. Plus two. And now looking because of what you do and those guys have each other too, to kind of end where you're out there and, and you obviously in the people recording, but I mean, you're on your own on a lot of this. Where you you got to stay, you're you're playing a character and trying to push yeah. the envelope and making it uncomfortable and whatnot. And if you break, it's over with. So it, it's just right. that to me, that's the interesting thing is just seeing you. That sep- is what separates you, I think, from a lot of people is that you're able to kind of go all out with this and not break. Yeah, I like when I first started. Occasionally, I would, man. I'm not gonna lie, but that, that's because I I just kind of started and I wasn't well. I wasn't used to it, I guess you could say, but now like I rarely break character. It actually happened to me uh, in my recent video because really? I was doing like this hill, hillbilly character and uh, the rusty. I was like, one, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was going up to couples, married couples, and I was like, "Y'all could," <laughs> and then, uh, and then, dude, they would start laughing. They're like, "No," like it was like an uncomfortable laugh. Like, "No, this is my wife," and I'm like, "Oh yeah." My, my my family we get married all the time, <laughs> and then I'm talking about like you know how how my cousins they got kids on the way and all this stuff together and they're married. I don't see the big deal. And then like yeah, I, 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 it was really hard to keep it in that time. <laughs> Matt, have you been ever in doing this when on the different videos? Have you ever just been extremely uncomfortable where in, in a situation where it was where it was extra hard for you? To be honest, not really. 
Wow. That's man. That's do you, cause I mean, you've put yourself in some situations with people like with different people, but I feel like you're really good at adjusting no matter who you're with from what I've seen. Yeah. You, uh, you, you adjust. Oh, the different characters you do, like, do you have one that's pretty, cause I know you, I like the spoiled rich kid with you and Bravo, man. Yeah. Some of that yeah. stuff. I was, I was dying. You, you guys play well yeah. off each other and like, you play well off of anybody yeah. that I've seen, but do you have, yeah. I know like you have the, the other one, the gay barber one fucking got me. That uh, one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That one. Rusty. I like doing the, the gay one. Like, to be honest, the gay one is funny because I can get away with so much stuff acting like that. I can literally say anything I want to a girl and then she'll like just laugh or like be, yeah. be my friend. And then like, but if I was to act as my normal self and say those things, like they would get so pissed at me. That's, a, that's an interesting point. That's true. I noticed that. I feel like no matter who you're talking to is that you get away with more. Cause it, but it's the one with the guy, the, the one I saw, it was so uncomfortable. <laughs> Oh yeah, I, I almost busted out laughing doing that one. Like I started like massaging this guy's chest. <laughs> yeah. was, like, oh, you went over. You went. Die. You went far with that one. Yeah, like it, it, it was okay though because I had permission from the owner to to do it there. So like I could kind of push the envelope in that one as far as I want. And but like as soon as I spun the chair around and he was facing me, I I couldn't keep it in. Dude, I started dying. Have you ever had anybody where, I mean, cause I've seen, do you, when you do these, do you explain to people when you're done that, that you're filming for a show at all? Or do you sometimes just leave it as is? Probably like 85% of the time or so I tell people it's a joke, but then if, I think if there's a little, if they're a little cuckoo or just not right, I just don't tell them. I just leave <laughs> because that's going to only make it worse telling them, even though it shouldn't. I've had instances where they get mad at me. I'm like, you shouldn't be mad now that I told you it's a joke. But You've actually, people actually get mad that it's a joke. I've had people. Yeah. yeah. But cause, cause they think I'm the crazy one. If I don't tell them it's a joke and they just want to get away from me. So I'm like, okay. I'll just <laughs> <laughs> but then when they find out I'm not really crazy. Yeah. They're mad at me. I'm like, okay, well that's weird. Have you had anybody try to imagine more of a guy try that would like wanted to fight you at all in any situation with this? No, to be to be honest, I never. I usually know my boundaries and I know when to you know stop or if I'm thinking going to take it too far, I just kind of tone it down a little bit because I don't want to get into it with anyone. That's never my goal. No good. Like, come I remember, that, I yeah. no, it's, it's pointless, man. It's stupid. It's funny because actually in a recent video, like. I didn't even really like the video that much, to be honest. I was just doing a collaboration with this other guy, Danny Mullins, who's pretty funny. And um, one of, it, was, it was called uh, Recognizing People from Embarrassing Places. And yeah. the first one, me and him went up to this old guy and his wife. And I was like, hey, I haven't seen you since last week at the massage parlor. <laughs> I saw what that girl, What girl? What girl did you end up with? And then he got it. He was walking up to me to get in my face. I'm like, oh, God. I was like, I don't know what he's going to do, because in Arizona, you can carry a gun. So I don't want to get shot. But I, I didn't think, I, I wasn't sure if he was going to try to hit me. I mean, it probably wouldn't have hurt, because he looked like he could barely move, but um, he was so old. Yeah. So then, like, I back up or whatever. Then, since I'm backing up, he goes to throw, throw an uh, elbow <laughs> at my friend. Oh. And my friend like block blocks it, and then he goes to throw a fucking kick at him. I'm like, oh my god! I'm like, let's go, let's go, come on. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to get because that's. I wondered that because like when I want to go do this shopping cart one, because I, I even and I'll have 
like that's my thing. I I I want no legal trouble whatsoever with anyone. Yeah. And, and also, I mean, you're in public. If you do the shopping cart thing, you're in public. <clears throat> I mean, you're outside. Yeah, but I get like I, I plan it. on being pretty obnoxious though and calling people out. But it's my thing yeah. is I get a, I have a temper on me when like if somebody offends me, I'm gonna yeah. That's why where I got to make sure I'm uh, that I I know because I just I don't want the legal. Uh, yeah. Anything with that, but I was just curious. Yeah. And again, it's yeah. adjusting and letting people know you're joking. But the shopping cart one's kind of real because I was. Yeah, uh, you're serious. <laughs> I was watching this. Uh, somebody messaged me. And they're like, "Oh, we're already doing this. Some shopping cart narc thing." And I on Instagram, yeah. they're in Vegas too. I had yeah. no idea. And I go, "Oh, that's cool." And uh, but like they get some pretty confrontational people that yeah. on their videos. Well, are they big? The no, the people the. People they catch, they're get guys and women. The I don't think they're big, so that's probably they're they're probably on the smaller side. The people doing it, but the people because you're catching them in a situation where they're being pieces of shit, <laughs> mm-hmm. so they're instantly like and you're calling them out. Like it's they get pissed. Yeah. So that's the only thing with that. Yeah. I go, oh fuck it, we'll see how it goes. But right, Chip Sheffield has yeah, a little I mean, bit of rust in him. You just gotta. I mean, for me to be honest, I. I never get mad at people in my videos. Like I, if I'm acting like it, I'm really not mad. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I've had instances where people actually think I'm really pissed at the people because I'm acting like that. And I'm like, it's, it's just a character. Like I'm yeah. not actually upset at all. I'm just trolling. Do you have, and I was going to ask you that, but do you experience a lot of uh, negativity on social media or people that, because I mean, then trolls and people of that nature. Do you do you experience a lot of that or no? I've never experienced it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, not <laughs> real, not 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 really. To be honest, like occasionally there's like a few stupid comments yeah. here and there, but I try not to respond to them. Well, your content's just, so good, it, but there's like I always see like there's people that you know, bitch. There's only haters, man. Yeah. Only, it's like, dude, if you're if mine if my it's like. If my shit, if you don't think my shit's funny, then go make something better. Quit You're clicking so on a free video just yourself. to complain. Yeah, exactly. They, it's free content. Nobody made you watch it. Like, and the thing is, like, I mean, what are they doing? They're sitting at their their mom's house watching my videos, complaining yeah. about it. Yeah, whatever. That's what I always talk about. Though. That's I'm always yeah. curious. Facebook when I talk. has a oh, Facebook probably has the most like clueless idiotic people i've ever seen yeah well and i say oh, that's why is, that's one of the reasons i and i just don't have time i stay off of that one yeah it, but it is good to, it does business. It, i mean facebook is very good as far as far as um i mean posting you, your you videos money on Facebook. you do make good money on facebook and as long as you build an audience man like like you won't even see those haters anymore. yeah like i had some at first but now that i actually you know built my page pretty well you know in the past few months like i don't even recognize it i just ignore the yeah well i learned something new i'm going to use that facebook because i haven't used it for that to post the videos we're doing on youtube i'll just have my guy post directly to that yeah i mean i just post the moment i'm posting the youtube i post on facebook and uh and i just try to respond to people on facebook as well like to comment yeah because i feel like it's more personal on facebook than anything absolutely the, have you been approached either as in this you for by any TV wise with anything you're doing yet or no TV? Yeah, I got contacted like a year ago for this MTV show called Wild and Out, but it didn't work out because it's really not my thing. It's like, well, they make it look like it's this freestyle, 
basically, I don't even know how to explain it. Like basically, God, they have two teams or whatever, and yeah. they, oh my God, I can't even explain it. it. It's called Wild Enough, though. At first, I was like, okay, maybe I'll go on there and, um, you know, I'll get some publicity from it. But to be honest, it just wasn't for me. And uh, the com it, the style of comedy didn't really suit me at all. Yeah, like I didn't find the stuff really funny. They probably didn't find what I did funny. But yeah, it just didn't work out to be honest. And I'm glad I'm glad it didn't work out because uh, I feel like it would have hurt me if I would have taken a, a whole month and a half away from filming my content to do that because uh, I don't I really don't think it would have gave me much popularity to be honest. Yeah. I mean, you have living the dream. Like for me, like I love being my own boss and having the yeah. ultimate freedom. Like cause that, you do that, right? You you work for yourself now. Yeah. Do you get great enjoyment out of that? Because personally, I think oh, it's yeah. the ultimate thing when you can work for yourself and not even no matter how cool the job looks to people. Even wrestling, yeah. I always say you're just their bitch, and they're giving. I was like, yeah. whereas now, like, there's no limit to what I can make if I keep hustling yeah. and keep doing. Like this is way cooler. Mm-hmm. Nobody telling me what I can and can't do. Or do you have kind of the same mindset of that? Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I like doing it. And at least like if I'm really burnt out or whatever, I can just, you know, take whatever time I need off to uh, uh, recoup and stuff like that and get back into it. Cause to be honest, like when I'm filming these videos, man, I have to be in the right mindset. I have to be more rested because I have to like, I have to just be there all the way. You know, I can't be like, you know, I'm running on four hours of sleep, yeah. going out there. My content's going to suck because I have to be uh, like witty and be able to think on the spot, man. If my brain isn't fully there, then my video's going to suck ass. You've set the bar really yeah. high for yourself. What I was going to say, like, what's your schedule? Like when you, <laughs> on your recording, do you sometimes, when you just get in the in the zone, you, you knock out a bunch of shit and then take a break? Or do you consistently, um, is this like a week in, week out thing? So every weekend, like Saturday, Sunday, we film because the weekend's the best time to film because that's when people are out. Yeah. You know, and during the week, it's kind of dead, to be honest. So, yeah. not really that good. Unless, like, you want to go film on a college campus, which I don't really like filming on college's campus. Yeah. College campuses that much because you're kind of limited to what you can do. Yeah. But every now and then, it's cool. But yeah. And then I have uh, my friend who films for me, who does the editing, most of it. Every now and then, I'll edit a little bit, but that's what he does. I don't have to worry about any of that. Man, that's it's what you're doing is incredible though, and uh I commend you. I won't I won't take up too much more of your time here. I always ask oh, though. Thank you. Thank God. <laughs> yeah, I know this has been absolutely <laughs> fucking miserable. <laughs> now the uh I always ask everyone, because I think you've been you've I I love everything you're doing. You you've you, I like people that that are successful and that do it and have their own little story and and just hearing what you've done and coming, building yeah. this up from scratch. Just if you can give one piece of advice to the listeners that's helped you the most in your life, what would that be? Well, uh, don't listen to negative people yeah. who tell you you can't do something. And uh, just you got to be consistent. That's the main thing because a lot of people give up way too soon. Like yeah. if I would have just gave up, like if I wasn't seeing the instant results, you know. That's uh, why I asked I you that. Gave, yeah, gave up, like I wouldn't be where I am at all. I would have listened to those people. They were like, oh, it's stupid. And I wouldn't do it if I was, if I was you. You know what I mean? Like, yep. I wouldn't do it anymore. So. No, that's great advice. That's why I was yeah. asking you that on the, because it's, I think it's yeah. why I see it all the time with people on things. 
and that I do and whatnot and different things. And they don't like, I look at this man. It was like, as long as you enjoy what you're doing and you have a goal and you, like you said, you're consistent and it takes sometimes, yeah. man, it takes years to do things. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's what separates in my opinion. And I, and I don't like calling people losers, but that's what separates right. people that have a winning mindset from not a winning mindset. Yeah. And, it's, and not everybody's going to get to a certain, you can't really compare yourself to other people. Nope. Like, it's, but I you mean, just got to believe, like, have I, a conviction I, I, of what you're doing and man. And like, you just got to yeah. keep at it. It's uh, right. So it's cool to see that. Cause you definitely have it. And you've, you've succeeded doing it. So where can everybody yeah. find you Cassidy on, on social media? Is there anyone you want to direct uh, anywhere? Yeah, uh, well, my YouTube channel is just Cassidy Campbell, Facebook, Cassidy Campbell, and then uh, Instagram, Cassidy Campbell. Good deal, so, man. Well, Cassidy, so thank- those are, and then just, just don't go on TikTok. <laughs> Good deal. Well, Cassidy, thank you yeah. very much. I appreciate you coming on. Cool. Yeah, no problem, man. No problem at all. Anytime, man. Good deal. And guys, we're going to be right back after these messages. What's going on, guys? It's the big guy, Ryback, and I want to tell you guys about this exciting new company I'm working with. Recently, I've been dealing with pain in both my back and shoulder, as you know, and other areas of the body. Recently, I've been doing the stem cell therapy here in the United States, but I decided I wanted to take my recovery up a notch, and that's when I came across a stem cell facility located in Medellin, Colombia, called BioAccelerator. BioAccelerator is the global leader in stem cell therapy. They offer a state-of-the-art medical facility with the ability to treat patients with tens of millions of active adult stem cells to help them recover from injury and major medical complications. BioAccelerator currently offers treatments for a variety of conditions ranging from orthopedic injury, spine and disc injury, chronic pain, ED, and even severe autoimmune disease. BioAccelerator also has something for you men and women out there who are looking to stay in the game and keep yourself looking young and feeling youthful. Ask about their anti-aging and rejuvenation treatments as well. I will be tracking my progress as I go through the treatment, as you guys have seen with BioAccelerator, and giving you, the audience, updates as I heal and overcome these injuries on my journey back to the ring. If you or someone you know suffers from a life of pain or complications due to a major medical condition, Join the likes of UFC Hall of Famer Matt Hughes, Chuck Liddell, WWE stars like Kevin Nash, Rey Mysterio, and myself. You can contact BioAccelerator directly, guys. Ask for my personal friend, David Truitt. He's the one who has reached out to me and helped me from the very beginning. He will help you through the consultation process with the same level of care and expertise as he did for me. Start your path to wellness and become a BioX man or BioX woman today at www.stemcells.bioaccelerator.com slash Ryback dash Reeves. That's BioAccelerator, B-I-O-X-C-E-L-L-E-R-A-T-O-R, www.stemcells.bioaccelerator.com slash Ryback dash Reeves. You've heard us talk about Real Good Foods before on the podcast and just how much I love their Real Good pizzas and enchiladas. Now Real Good Foods also has their new poppers, which are a super low-carb cross between a chicken nugget and a jalapeno popper. All of their foods are low-carb, grain-free, gluten-free, and keto-friendly. Most items have as low as 3 to 4 grams of carbs per serving. From their chicken crust pizza, enchiladas, cauliflower crust pizzas, snack bite pizzas, and poppers, you can't go wrong with anything from Real Good Foods. All items are available at realgoodfoods.com, 
on Amazon, and in retail locations all over the country with a store locator on their website. Save 10% with discount code RYBACK off of realgoodfoods.com. Real Good Foods. Feed me more. All right, we are back. I'm joined once again with Raj Geary of Wrestling Inc. with the Wrestling Report. Raj, how's your week going? Uh, it's been insane. How about yourself? Doing well, adjusting to the cold. I'm in my uh, sweater over here and had to turn the heat on over in the house for the first time here. So, uh, yeah, no, life is good, though. All smiles over here. No complaints. Yeah, same here. I'm in my sweater as well. It got cold quick here in Colorado. Colorado is usually actually pretty warm until uh, like mid-November, but it, it came quickly. So, Notoriously uh, traveling, I always, and whenever we, Colorado, and getting, we'd have to, like, coming from Vegas and connecting there, I'd have to, we'd have to go outside to get onto the plane usually, and it was always, it was notoriously always colder there, so. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's colder than usual, but uh, it's starting to warm back up, so yeah. it's, uh, it's all good. But yeah, this week has been just insane. You had a, a pay-per-view on a Thursday, an earnings call that, that same day. Tons of just tons and tons of news. I don't even know where to start. So why don't we start with Jordan Miles? That's kind of the oldest story. Uh, we didn't get to talk about last week. Yeah. It happened last weekend. Uh, Jordan Miles, NXT star. He was uh, ACH and ROH uh, and on the indies. He called out WWE uh, for a T-shirt design. And it's one of those. Uh, I didn't see it when I first saw it like, weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, they, they rushed out a bunch of T-shirt designs for the NXT stars. And then once I saw it, I couldn't unsee it. <laughs> you know, it yeah. was uh, it, basically it had it looked like blackface imagery. Clearly, it was not intentional. It was a mistake. But Jordan Miles, uh, I don't know what happened, but the, the shirt was released a, a, about a month ago uh, last week. And it actually made it to the shop, WWEshop.com. Uh, it was quickly pulled. Uh, WWE released a statement saying they didn't sell any of those shirts. Uh, and then Jordan just going off on WWE. Uh, he's calling them racist, you know, saying that Triple H and Vince, that's how they're representing him. Uh, even though I'm, I don't think Vince even knew who he was until last yeah. week. He probably has no idea who he is. Realistically. Right. Yeah. Went off on ROH, called ROH racist, called Jay Lethal, of all people, an Uncle Tom. Uh, then a couple of days later, he did kind of apologize. He said that actually, you know what? Let me find his actual statement. There's a there's a bunch here, but uh, basically saying uh, that his rant was kind of fueled by rage and it was unprofessional, and uh, kind of regretted doing it. So he said he didn't really take back anything he said, but he went about it the wrong way. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously, it's a sensitive topic. What are your thoughts on this? No, and I, there was, I, I saw some stuff on that, and I saw Booker T had, had done uh, some commentary on it as well. And and I know firsthand that when dealing with the, with the T-shirts and everything with WWE and that you're very involved in the design at times. Sometimes they'll come out with stuff, and there's been other times where, and I could say my Ryback, my original Ryback shirt, I had very little input on, and that was the best-selling one. They did a great job on that. They were, and there was other ones um, that uh, that I was more involved in, in, in as I was there. And I think now the system they have in Booker said you really are, especially the talent. You you, you have input, and how do you like this? And you go back and forth, and uh, it's a sensitive topic, and it's not anything we need to go too deep into. I just think it's 
from a talent standpoint, if you're going to go that route, like so, again, when I left the company and when I when I walked out and when everything and and I made the blog about the pay structure, I was done. I knew mm-hmm. I was done. I knew that I was getting away, and that was for the wrestlers when I that I did that and like being in, in developmental and NXT. Or NXT, I don't even want to call it developmental now with the, with the TV they're doing. But when you choose to go public over something like that, and you better, you better one make sure one hundred percent you have all the facts that you are one hundred percent right, and even then you still shouldn't do it. As there, there's so many other ways that that could have been handled, where that could have been handled, especially calling out Hunter and Vince at that level. And you got to realize you're nobody in the business. And that's just the, the straight. You have no power. That that guy has done himself more harm now by acting that way. And apologize. Like, and then too, if you are going to do that, you better just. If that's the 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 what's the word I'm looking for here? If that's the stance you're going to take on the situation, you might as well just die on your sword with it. Then, like on it, hold it all the way. Because then when you back out a couple days later, no, no, you know that was you're not. It's I don't see how any. Personally, any company would want to invest in that guy. Seeing what I saw, how he was conducting himself—not not, not the the stuff he was talking about—that's a whole other issue. But I think that there's just being a public figure. If you're going to pull that, and and with the company that's giving you your paychecks, bad news, bad because it could have been handled so much more professionally on that and quietly. And, and again, the black shirt wasn't even. He when he saw the thing, he didn't see it on the black shirt, and he approved the design as well. And then he saw the black shirt, and then that's that's an email you need to send her a phone call, like, "Hey guys, let's not put it on a black shirt, maybe, because this this is possibly one of the negatives that that people may see in it." Rather than start calling everybody racist and pulling that, I think that's I don't think it's good. I don't think there's any good out from it that in, in with him and how he's, if that's 2019 and, you know, unfortunately racism is a thing that, that exists still. It's, it sucks, but I don't think that was the correct way to go about it. And it just sucks. I think the whole situation sucks. And that's me. And I, I'm, I will defend WWE on this side of it as far as that in knowing the process that I just think he handled the situation really, really poorly in a company, they would not put something like that out with that being the intention of it. And to, they want it. And then that's no, and that's me saying that about WWE. Yeah. I mean, I can't see Vince. He's getting ready for the XFL to launch and being like, Hey, let's make a racist t-shirt it's for a really an NXT star. We've never talents that I don't even know who it is. Like it, it's, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, and I, yeah, I agree. I, it's clearly, it was an accident. Uh, and you know, WWE released a statement saying that Miles had actually approved the design. Now, yeah. Miles is saying he had approved it. And when he approved it, it was on a different color. <laughs> you know, most of the NXT WWE shirts are, are black, you know, almost 90 yeah. percent of wrestling shirts. Are black. Almost all of them are. But, you know, I do think the fact that it did make it to their to WWE shop. In their statement, I, I do think they should apologize, not saying it was intentional, yeah. but just saying it was a, a you know, a, a lapse of mind or whatever. It, it was unintentional, but we regret that it yeah. got out there. But two, you got yeah. another thing. Another thing, Raj, is it's just like anything in life. So there's billions of people, over seven billion people on this planet. We all have different mindsets and how we want to view things and look at things. I think if you have a positive mindset and then one thing you look at things a certain way and 
like you said, you didn't see it when you saw it on the the other shirts. It didn't wasn't anything. But then once you saw it on the black shirt, you couldn't unsee it. I think too, it all depends on like your mindset and like if you're looking for racist stuff, you could find racist stuff all the time. And and it sucks. I think WWE it never should have got to that point. That should have been one of the things that it was so clear when you did see it that 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 could have could have been figured out. But this kind of goes back to the way the company is. They're too big for their own good. They got too much going on and things get rushed and people aren't thinking. People aren't, I'm telling you, things just sometimes get through the cracks because it, 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 it's the company's gotten too big for their own good. And this is one of those situations. And And I've talked to Vince about this. He has some dumb fucking people, Raj, working around him. I told him this consistent, like, I remember sitting in Gorilla fucking yelling and arguing and just like over things about some of the dumb people that he has in that company and Mark Carano being one of them. Like it is, and there's a whole, there's a whole bunch of them that Vince doesn't even know who they are that get hired by them. And that it is what it is. And that there's a lot of great people there, but so th- there could have been some real dumb shits involved in that process too. So, yeah, it's uh so apparently it looks like uh miles apologized. We'll see where it goes from here. Uh, I can't see WWE using him, but we'll, we'll, we'll see. And this is um, one of those. And I tell you, when you pull that card and you do that, it's you, they say, well, what do you do with a guy like that now? Well, they obviously can't fire him right away now either because he pulled that. But what they will do is they will let time go by and he will, they'll actually probably do something with him. I've seen this in other situations with guys. They'll use him for a while. They'll make him think everything is okay, and then he'll be released eventually. Um, so it, like they, they've done this on because they are not going to invest in that guy heavily at any point, though. Uh, in my opinion, seeing how that just happened like that, uh, you know what? I, I've been meaning to ask you this forever. I keep forgetting, but there was one time JTG spoke out on social media. Yeah. Uh, I, I forget what it was about. And then uh, that night on raw or like the next week on raw, they had you squash it. Yeah. Did they, did they tell you like, we're getting this guy back, make sure to, to lay it in extra. Nope. No, but that was, I know I came up with JTG and I like him and he'd been up there for a bit and he was frustrated. JTG was nothing but uh professional, like our whole crew of guys, we all came from OVW uh, and that whole thing and being in developmental together. So we all knew how everything guys were getting pushed. Some guys wouldn't get pushed. Like we all, everyone wanted to make everybody better, no matter what the role was. And and JTG had that professionalism, no matter what his situation was, he went out there and, and cause I got along with everybody or I'd like to think I did, but knowing, I remember specifically after that, seeing him talking with Hunter and I knew it wasn't good. Like I been seeing that some things were starting to come out and he was frustrated and he wasn't in a position to really where they they hadn't used him well. He hadn't been on TV a lot. And it just I I could see the writing on the wall that it, he probably was going to be leaving or getting released at some point based off of how things were coming out. And he had just reached his tipping point there, which a lot of, it happens to everybody at different points. So but I remember that. And, but no, there was never any like, hey, go out there and 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 they, they don't they don't they they could make they could never do that. Be rough with that guy or fucking let you know it was it was a get over match for me. He just got put in the role of what an extra talent would be in, in as a main talent roster guy. And he went out there and did his job to the, like, he was awesome. And I, I remember specifically, I remember that match and he went out of his way to make sure I looked as good as possible. So, yeah. Uh, this past week, uh, of course, crown jewel Thursday pay-per-view history making stuff. As far as women go, they had Natalia versus Lacey Evans, the first ever women's match in Saudi Arabia. 
they were dressed like I don't know if you watch SNL back in the day, but they they were dressed like sprockets with with t-shirts. Yeah, um, I did see their outfits. Yeah, yeah, and uh, but yeah, I mean, it was uh, you know, obviously WWE is going to spin it like uh, they're bringing change and everything, and clearly they're not there to bring change; they're there for the money. Yeah. But it was a cool moment. You could tell Natalia and Lacey Evans were uh, it meant a lot to them, it, and uh, they embraced after the match. Pyro was going off; they were, you know, they were crying. It was I thought it was a really cool moment. I think in a thing, and in, in that obviously they're a business; they do things to make money. We've talked about this when you're dealing with human lives. I think that you sometimes have to – you can't solely be all about money, which isn't always the case there. I think this is a positive in a situation of where there's some negative as far as um, some different controversial things with them going over there, with the blood money, quote-unquote blood money and whatnot. And I think, too, for the females over there and, and from what I've heard and with the women and the little girls there in the crowd, that was for them. You know, and I think too, it sends out a good message to to women everywhere and to people everywhere, because let's face it, they are it is it's they are they are behind the times in a lot of things over there, and this is a step in the right direction. I think in WWE chooses usually. I'm happy to see them actually choose different female talent too, than because uh, was it Sasha and Alexa Bliss, right? Yeah. So, and I think Alicia Fox years ago when I was there. Went, was like the first one to go to like, uh, I don't know if it was Abu Dhabi or she, I don't think she wrestled, but she was like the first female to go over there. There was something and, or make an appearance and they've taken steps and using different talent and, and putting them in a put good little position to go out there. And it, it was, it was a good, it was a positive thing all the way around. There's no negative to it. And it, it, I think it sends a great message and it's a good step in the right direction. Yeah. And I think we see it time and time again where you see a step like this and 10 years later, it's just happening all the time. So yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's a good first step. And um, just from two years ago or whatever it was, where that was the, you know what I mean? Right. Where that discussion it starts with a discussion and, you know, and then they, they send the female couple talent over there, which that's a big deal, sending the talent over there. Cause I remember when I was, we were there, the women didn't go with us. So yeah. it's, you know, eventually they're going to have multiple matches and then it's going to be in the regular wrestling gear. It's definitely yeah. a step in the right direction. And when we are recording this SmackDown is tonight, uh, that's, so it's a near 20 hour flight from Riyadh, Saudi Arabia to Buffalo where SmackDown yes. is tonight. It's a long flight. Uh, but for those wondering, the plan was for the talent to get back, uh, at least the SmackDown talent to get back and perform on tonight's SmackDown. Now, there was a flight issue. There were some mechanical issues with the fuel line of the plane. So a lot of the talent, most of the talent, aren't able to get back. Only 12 stars are have been able to get back to the U.S. for, uh, and I'm not sure how many of those are SmackDown Tom. Brock Lesnar left Saudi Arabia on his own flight, and then uh, 12 other stars, eight other executives have been able to get out, including Vince McMahon, but most of the stars got stranded. We're not able to make it back for tonight's SmackDown. It'll be interesting to see what they, they do. Uh, it is kind of amazing that with, with the travel schedule that WWE has, uh, with TV and doing house shows the night before, that you, you, you don't see this more often. I was just thinking about this this week with with how doing the split crews now with Raw and SmackDown, and SmackDown being on Friday, the logistics of all of this. Because that show, when were the talent supposed to get back? Were they supposed to, because I know, I think they're a day ahead essentially over there, right? If I'm not mistaken, or 16 hours, it's something. Yeah, it's all like, uh, yeah, it's something. They're definitely ahead of of the US time, that time schedule, time zone, that were the talent gonna get back Thursday night 
late and then, or were they going to get back Friday originally for this and go straight to SmackDown, which is crazy when you think whatever it is, that schedule, it's brutal. And that just, it's a testament to what wrestlers are capable of doing and performing. And, and I've been part of that on long flights and getting off the plane and going to the hotel or going straight to the arena and wrestling with swole, your body all swollen from the long flights and whatnot. It's unfortunate and that, and I always thought about this too, when you put your, your talent all on like one airplane too, it's a really high risk situation. There's not a lot of airplane crashes or things, but we've seen in the past within there've been things where planes have gone down and with other teams and things. And I can't, I don't have them off me specifically, but there was a fuel line thing you were talking about. That's a scary thing. And now and like, and I know I can assure you WWE is frantically trying to figure out how to get the talent there because now do you take raw talent? And then the, the draft is kind of like, Meaningless. Who do they put on the show if they don't have enough people? And how did those twelve people? You know, Vince and Brock. They obviously those guys all had their own planes and whatnot. Probably Hogan and Flair. I would imagine, possibly. But how did some of the other WWE talent get out of there and the rest didn't? Is what? Yeah, I would guess maybe they chartered a flight for guys like Roman and and maybe Orton. Uh, you know, some of the the longer tiered stars or the bigger stars. I, I'm not yeah. I'm not sure which talent were able to to get out. But I can uh, tell you from being there though, they never like with all of us. We all were on the same flight on any of that, and Brock would be one. Like if he was on right. a show, would be a, a separate thing, or or Cena sometimes would be doing something and would come in on a different flight because he'd be doing something. You know, so I don't know, but like that's. So do they know how many how many talent actually got out of there total? Yeah, so it's twelve got out. Twelve not, actual wrestlers got out that first SmackDown. Twenty people total. Twelve of those are talent. Okay, I mean, and and, I'm uh, sure they're trying to figure out how to get those other ones out of there to make to the show. The other ones got hotels. So uh, really, yeah, the, the ones it got so delayed that they ended up uh, getting hotels for the rest of the talent. So they're definitely not going to be there. So I'm, I'm my guess is that they were all supposed to be on the same flight, and then they got. I don't know, maybe a, a a different plane, a smaller plane to get some talent some, out, yeah. the, the top guys out. But yeah, it's uh, yeah, it, it's messy. But when you do these shows so close together, you know, stuff happens. I guess. Yeah, and you and you brought it up, and, and with the talent, that's another thing too. And it, it's a real situation where you go and you do these things. And and I remember back in Europe, back when the volcano st- stuff happened years ago. I think on a European tour, one of the because I remember my uh, the Dude Busters, Trent Beretta and, and Chris Pavone, Kalen Croft, they were they were stuck over there because there was like volcano activity over, and part of the crew got stuck for like a week over in Europe or somewhere during all that. And but the talent, you do these tours, and then like and we talked about it on here, and you do these drives, and I, I remember doing drives dead tired. And now I always chose to ride by myself, and some of the talent choose to ride together for different reasons and whatnot. But I mean, I remember multiple times driving with my head bobbing late at night, coffee not working and just being shot. And it really is a miraculous thing that there's not been situations where talent have had accidents and whatnot. And I I think it's a testament, testament to how incredible pro wrestlers truly are in handling the schedule and whatnot. So hopefully I could, I could, I would bet anything Raj that they are figuring out a way to get the talent in their same day to the show where they they could possibly be in gear on the plane coming straight to SmackDown because I've seen it happen before. So Yeah, we'll see. Uh, it was a tough week for WWE. Um, their earnings report came out for the, <clears throat> for the third quarter. Uh, stock dropped 16%, was down as low as 18% on Thursday. Mm-hmm. 
dropped 16%. It's near its 52-week low. They did manage to beat profit expectations, but they missed on revenue pretty much across the board. Uh, the one area where, the, where they were up was media revenue from the same quarter last year. That <laughs> Technical difficulties. <laughs> right. So media revenue, you know, with all the TV deals, that was up. But all the areas that measure popularity were down. Uh, live event revenue declined 13 percent. Merchandise declined 13 percent. Uh, with live event revenue, this is the, the third quarter out of the last five where they took a loss. So they actually lost money with live events. Last year, Vince McMahon had said that they knew what the problem was. They were going to fix it. Clearly, that hasn't happened. It, merchandise, as I mentioned, was down. Uh, WWE Network subscriptions uh, were down even below their expectations uh, by a little bit, but uh, down significantly, significantly 9% from the same quarter last year. So uh, popularity-wise, WWE is lower uh, than it's been in, you know, than ever. Mm-hmm. I, losing money on live events is something I, I hadn't heard of since my time covering it. And it, it looks like... It's not going to get any better. Their revenue is going to go up next year with the Fox deal, the first full year of the Fox and USA deals. But stock is usually uh, the stock going up and down is usually based on expectations. And so that's going to be locked in the media revenue. They're going to be expecting that. Now, if the live event merchandise keeps going down and they're missing expectations on those, that would cause the stock to drop. So. Yeah, not not good news on the business end. It's a dangerous game, and this is what I've talked about with what they've done with watering down the talent and and not and not making iconic mega mega stars. That you can only do this for so long, and and you focus your oh we're all about the brand, we're all about the brand, and making as much money for the brand, and not actually rather than you're not using the talent to build up the brand, you're using the the. The, the talent are just uh, uh, trying to figure the right analogy for this. They use the talent as a whole for the brand, but they don't want to make specific talent too strong. And, and what happens is that the whole bit booking model and all that of, of not booking guys strong when they should be booked strong. And it's it's almost like just printing money when they shouldn't be printing money. And it's just kind of it's watered everything down. And they, they've gotten away with it for a while. And they put Band-Aids on situations. It's going to eventually come where, like, and we said some stuff starts happening. We're starting to see, like, this negative stuff happening on multiple different areas across the board for them that it's eventually going to start going the other way. And where people aren't going to, like, that's horrible on live events, not to, and the reason that's happening is people are not invested in the individual characters on enough to to want to go pay to see them. Because that's not been the case like that. It, it's it's not the fault of the talent. It's the fault of the booking and, and all that. Because they have stars there across the board. So, not good. Yeah, I, I sometimes equate it to, it's almost like they're making everyone everyone cookie cutter like it's like mcdonald's where you just you're building a ton just and making them all the same so you can pull one out and and you're not reliant on any single restaurant but it's a star-driven business we see it in mma everything else that when you have a superstar your business you have to make them a star and it's like i mean can you imagine if like the patriots and like the in the you know tom you know we need you to take it easy this season (laughs) you're getting a little too good we need you to kind of go you could you could be okay but you know, no, no four or five touchdown games, no more Super Bowls, Tom. Let's let's go ahead and take a few losses, and we need to kind of get your value down a little bit so you fit within our business model of the New England Patriots. Just think about that. That is what WWE does, and this is why I was so frustrated being told the things I was told. I'm not in it for that. No, thank you. I'll fucking take my ball and go home. 
Like it's, and unfortunately other talent aren't in that same boat and they all play by the rules there, but that is what is going on in pro wrestling today. And that's why they're in that position. And they use the talent just to broadcast that WWE logo on everything. And like their YouTube, everyone's like, this is for their YouTube past 50 million subscribers. You know why they did? Is because they use all their talent. That's all. It's not Vince McMahon and these people. Granted, he's in some videos. It's not the people aren't tuning into the YouTube to see that WWE logo. They're tuning in to see their favorite WWE superstars, which I'm a part of that, of not being paid on that. Those are the people that have made their YouTube such a massive success, the individual talent that they use on all the videos. But they're making, Vince is looking at this strictly, and this is what I, in my honestly, what I believe He's just looking at how can he keep making as much money as possible, and eventually they're going to probably sell. And I bet you that, and again, with Fox and Disney and all this, that was probably the beginning stages of eventually selling the company. They've also watered down the product. They've made it where all you have to do is wrestling moves to do. You don't actually have to know psychology. You don't have to look the part. You just, hey, we could plug these guys in. We got a school that, that just, they'd learn a bunch of moves, and we put them on TV, and this is our business model, and you could take it over. You don't even need us to run it. I think that that's honestly, they look at this as such a business and the way they made the product that that's what they're doing. And eventually it's just because it, all he cares about is money. That's all. I made it. We had our run. Make as much money as humanly possible. Though the, Our final year will make $2 billion this year, $5 billion. And that's it. And you guys could take over pro wrestling. And it wouldn't shock me because it just, it, it makes, it doesn't make sense on so many different things. That and he's proven to me and Ryan, I'm a businessman. I'm a businessman. He just solely cares about making that brand as much money as possible by any means necessary. Yeah. And uh Vince McMahon, he had said, and and this is on record, you could hear it. <clears throat> he said that the uh the Fox deal would lead to a, a new boom period. Now, uh this past the last seven days have been the worst for ratings for wrestling. Mm-hmm. And you know, in in a I mean, and, and almost ever. Uh, SmackDown was on FS1. We talked about that last week. We, you know, it was expected to do low. People, myself included, were expecting around 1.6, 1.8. There were reports that WWE was expecting it to do around 2 million, what it was doing on USA before it moved to Fox. It did 888,000, way below. Now, FS1 is available in 85 million homes, give or take. Uh, USA is available in 90. So it's not. You know, it's not like some obscure channel. People can find it. Fox had been pushing it. Uh, So it was one of those things that their fans chose not to look for it. You know, they might have tuned in to Fox and not seen it and didn't care to find it. Yeah, and that's not a good thing. And I could say I don't even have FS1. I was when I was home, I went to go. I go, do I even have FS1? And with the package, I have the different sports things. I don't have it on my TV. So I couldn't even put it on to watch it. And I would imagine, and that's just here in, with Vegas and the, the Cox communications structure of the thing. So, cause I don't watch a lot of TV and I just have it for, so I could watch the, essentially the wrestling and shark tanking and practical jokers every once in a blue moon. And the, how many people just aren't exposed to it and don't have it, but that's not a great number. And I think AEW beat it compared, right? For yeah, last week. I mean, this is, it's not good. And they can't, you can't sit there and say, I know people, more people are on their phones and, and social media and whatnot, but in this, like the World Series did over 20 million view or what, 20 point something or whatever it was, or, or when these big shows that they're, when, when something is good, people will tune in. Right. And they, we, they've shown that they, it's not like the audience has just disappeared. Now it may be harder to keep them 
over time in certain shows like Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones and Walking Dead compared to when they first started to the end that their, their, their numbers were much higher, but that's also too. Those shows have been around for a long time and WWE has been around for a long time, but you got to work harder to keep your audience. It's such a drop off. And like with football and baseball and the big sporting events, people are tuning into those. Those things are the same, by the way, the same game that's been played now for how long. Right. It's so. And, and I mean, the WWE on Fox debut did 4 million viewers. It's not like that week people decided not to use their phones yeah. and, and, and use a different medium. If you give them something that they want to watch, they'll watch it. It's not going to be the same numbers as the Attitude Era. Yes, viewing patterns have changed, but you can still do good numbers. And you see Raw this past Monday night did 2.3 million viewers, the third non-holiday, the third lowest non-holiday episode in modern history. And it dropped 17% from hour one to hour, you know, hour three. So again, that excuse of people not consuming wrestling differently. Well, it's not like they change their viewing habits during the show. No. You know, from hour one to hour three. You're not giving them something to tune into, you know, to something engrossing and and something uh, intriguing. So Raw doing one of its near all-time lows. And then AE Dynamite, NXT, they drew their lowest audiences this week. They were against the World Series, as you mentioned. The World Series did 23 million viewers. Just It was just insane uh, viewership for the World Series as Game 7. Dynamite tumbled 21%. Uh, because of that, to 789,000 viewers. NXT dropped 17% to 580,000 viewers. Big drops for both. Uh, you know, drops were expected. Next week, NXT, AEW, and SmackDown are definitely going to be up. Raw, we'll see. It's not giving you anything to be hooked on. But those three shows should definitely be up. But as we've seen a lot of times, every football season, once people tune out, a lot of them don't come back. Come back now, yeah. whether in the last two weeks with the World Series, you know, this that not long enough that they will still come back. Uh, we'll see. But those two shows will be up. NXT and AEW just don't know how much if they'll get back yeah. to their levels before the World Series. I think it's going to with as far as AEW goes, I think it's just going to be um, time and seeing. I think it's going to like we talked about before. I think you got to give them some some months to see consistently where this thing is going to kind of level off. There's so many different factors going into it right now. Now, I don't think it's necessarily a great it's not a great sign that the numbers keep dropping. And I will say this, and this is what, and we've talked about it on here before with pro wrestling, and I love pro wrestling, and I, I, I love the in-ring, I love pro wrestling. People are not tuning in, they, you, people tune in to see megastars. That's, you're not tuning in, and that this is, now not to say there are people that tune in, there's that, the smaller portion for the in-ring, for the fake fighting, that like, the, 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 and I, I call, I say that loosely. You tune in to see larger-than-life people fake fighting in with storylines in they, if you're not making those and you just tune in and you don't believe that those, the people you're watching are stars. And this is as a whole in the, in everything reflects this. You're not going to watch it because you don't care about them. And I think it's in WWE has capped everything off to where everyone's like you said, kind of cookie cutter and whatnot. So that there's nobody, you're not tuning in to see anything special as far as how people perceive this. And I, you go to the live events, there's so many, there are people that love wrestling that will go. It's such a small percentage of the world that there are people that want to go and see larger than life characters, personas, movie stars, whatever you want to call it. People that can just, that are larger than life that in, in a, now with wrestling, what's going on is 
and this isn't necessarily not all WWE, but across the board is I could kick that guy's ass. That guy can't kick my ass. And they're not, they don't buy it. It's a real thing. And like, that guy couldn't hurt me. How's he? Why would I? I don't want to watch this. Now, and like with fighting and UFC and whatnot, you're watching, and guys like Conor McGregor who are smaller, you're watching legit badasses, though, that where somebody can, like, oh, that guy's small. Well, that guy, if he punched, he might fuck me up. Like, they, they, there's, there's, a, there's an attraction to them because, but with like the current climate of wrestling, we have a lot of people that have not, put in the work on the physical aspect of this to make people believe that they are superstars that all superstars have. It's a complete package look. And when you're missing some of that, and this is just um, one of the problems and people tune in, they don't think there's anything special about it and they don't watch. They, it's, it's just, they move along and that's happening. And, and everything is showing that this pattern that wrestling has fallen into does not work. That's not to say the in-ring product that in being a great wrestler and all that, that matters. That is, but you need to have the other things covered too. Or you can't say like, well, we're going to just disregard these superstar qualities and we're only going to focus only on in ring where we'll just plug anybody in. It doesn't draw. And I don't care what anyone, it doesn't. And, it, and it's never going to because it, it's, you need larger than life people and you need a mix of everything. So. Yeah, I mean, wrestling is basically scripted sports combat. Yeah. And if you're making a sports combat movie, who are you going to, you know, who are you going to put in these roles? And and you're not going to put someone that doesn't look the part, that doesn't look like an athlete. So I, I agree with you 100%. And guys like, too, and back with, like, you know, you look back at, at and this is like with, with Chris Benoit and Dean Malenko and guys that were of smaller stature, those fucking guys. I, I remember being a kid loving watching Dean Malenko, the Iceman at WCW. I, I didn't know much about his personality, but there was something very intriguing about him. It was because of his intensity and his believability that I didn't even look at him as a small guy as a kid because he was so intense in everything that he did. And that's what I'm talking about. Like the size of you, but but Dean also looked the part right. and worked out. Now, granted, back in that period and steroids were in pro wrestling and unfortunately with a lot of the guys – and we've seen it with health issues of them. It was a different thing. And guy, today's guys don't have that. You don't need them, though. You just need to apply yourself and, and, and learn about nutrition and working out. And you need to care about being a star. And that's one of the things that bothers me with a lot of the pro wrestlers is they just like, oh, they don't give a shit about that. And it doesn't. Oh, it's fake. I don't need to care about that. Yeah, you do. As a whole, or you in, promotions cannot reward that. Because it, I don't care how many flips and moves you can do, the mass public doesn't give a shit about it. They don't. And, it, and you can have that as part of your show and plug them in, but you can't say this is today's megastar. Right. You know, to your point, you look at past stars, Randy Savage, Roddy Piper, Ric Flair, because they look like athletes, even though they were smaller when they were against like a Hulk Hogan. <clears throat> It was believable because they had the big characters and they looked like an athlete. Yep. And, and because their characters were so big, it didn't look ridiculous uh, as opposed to someone who has no character and no charisma and doesn't look like an athlete. It could be the same weight, but it's just not as a viewer. It's just not believable. No. And I mean, it's like that's too like with with AEW. And I, I like a lot of what they're doing, but there is a, they, they, there are some big holes in that that ship right now. That they, and it's not they, they got rushed all of this and I wanted like nothing more than them to succeed. But Jack Swagger is a is a big badass dude. You can't put him in too many matchups on there. 
Like, you know what I mean? Where it was with a lot of the talent, because it's not going to be, you can't like, let's go out and do 20 guys. Cause it, right. it's going to be really tough. You need to, you need a mix of, of guys. And WWE is a little different boat. They need to make megastars and people, like I said, capitalizing on Rusev Day, on, on Braun Strowman when he's hot, and different guys when they're red hot and getting them to that next level because it really, that is what you need for people to come to those shows to draw people in. Yeah, so. absolutely. Uh, the last thing, uh, it was announced that uh, during Survivor Series weekend, NXT is now going to be, part of the Survivor Series. They, they'd been doing a brand versus brand thing. Now it's going to be brand versus brand versus brand with WWE versus AEW versus NXT. Uh, there's also going to be a takeover that weekend that's going to have the first ever women's war games match. So yeah, kind of a, a newsworthy, um, it's going to be a newsworthy weekend coming up here in a few weeks. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's, uh, that's a good opportunity for the NXT talent on that to kind of help raise that brand, get some more eyes on it, and probably try to help get that rating up a little bit. With NXT, that definitely has to be one of their goals with that moving forward. And uh, I, I think that's nothing but a positive. I did want to say, too, the because I didn't watch all of Crown Jewel. I did like, I dug the, I thought Kane and Brock, that was a very well-done match. I thought it was quick. It was short. It opened the show as it should have with that. I th- it did open the show, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was the- well, I mean, it, the, there was the pre-show. Pre-show, but yeah, yeah. The show, yeah. But as far as being on the main show and... Uh, I, it, it has a, there's a story to it. I'm curious to see what they do. I think Kane needs time. I think they got Kane in. It's almost like if they brought Ronda in and threw her into the first, you know what I mean? I think with Brock though, they're able to do that story. There's a story in place. And I think they could revisit this down the road with Kane where once he's really, really ready to do more. But I thought that was a, uh, felt like a real fight type match. It had a different feel to it. And I thought they it looked great. Brock looked like a monster once again with that with Ray. So a uh, job well done on on that because that's not easy getting into that. And I thought Kane didn't Kane didn't look to me like he didn't belong in the ring the way they structured that as far yeah. as so I think that that was good. The the Braun Fury stuff I feel for Braun because I wish he's put in a tough position. Tyson Fury I'm all for everyone making as much money as humanly possible, but Tyson Fury was I don't know if he's ever been in a wrestling ring before outside of this whole thing. And I think it it, it showed throughout it and where it just looked, I thought it's a testament to Braun, I think did a really good job at keeping that thing together and not allowing too much separation because there were definitely points where you could see Tyson kind of what's going on and Braun, Braun did a great job and I don't know how involved the referee was with all of that. But I feel for Braun because Braun's been like they know they tried to make Braun kind of the heel for that match, which like short term heel for one match, and he'll be back on Raw being a babyface again probably next week or whatever. I wish for the sake of like of Braun and how the missed opportunities at times he's probably making a bunch of money. Who gives a shit, right? He, but this is talking about when you're trying to make megastars, you plug him into this thing for the brand because it's good publicity for the brand at the expense of a superstar's development where you got this guy, he's not a heel. He's one of your big baby faces. He's, he's supposed to be your big baby face ass kicker that doesn't back down from anyone. And he didn't back down from this. And I know how the system works, but this was a, a chink in his armor, which really hurts him in getting over long-term at the level. And they've done it with guys in big show at different points where in their minds and when he plays a heel short-term for this thing, 
and Tyson knocks him out on the apron, and it's a 10 count. So he didn't really, he got back to his feet, but he got counted out. So in their minds, they'll sell you on it. It's not that bad. We're protecting you and whatnot, but it, it, it really isn't because it's, you got knocked out for against. And again, in that situation with that, for the brand. But I thought Braun did a phenomenal job with all of that in, in making that better than that should have been. I think WWE has to be careful sometimes of doing things like this and because that could have been a real train wreck. On But they structured it. They probably put it together weeks before. And I thought Braun did a great job. And I'm just curious, if he would have been a heel, all like if he flat out is one of your heels, there, there's then he has a... When you do that finish where he gets knocked out, he now has something to bitch about. I was trying to get back in the ring. That was illegal. That way you can't do that. If that was in boxing, that would never have been allowed to happen. You didn't knock me out. But he's a baby face. So he's not going to use that as an excuse of why he got he lost the match. It's just going to be ignored, yeah. most likely. And, he and he's going to come out destroying somebody on Raw pissed off like they've done. Because I've done that same thing. You get fucked over, and then you come out and you beat somebody's ass, but it really doesn't mean anything. Right. So. Uh, the Brock, the Brock Kane thing is a little complicated because I know a lot of fans say that Kane should not be losing his first match. Now, ideally, you build him up and get him to a match with Brock. But these Saudi Arabia shows make more money for WWE than WrestleMania. They need those attractions. So they were doing Brock and Kane. And I think it's better to keep it short and sweet than long and, and expose everyone. You know, this isn't, you know, with Tyson Fury and Braun. They're working at the performance center on this match. Brock is not going to be going to the performance center to work on a match. So uh, it's better short and sweet and then long and drawn out and crappy uh, like we saw with DX last year. So I thought I thought it was the right move with Kane, Brock. You could tell a good story here. You know, Brock, this could be the same Brock UFC story. Brock, you know, was submitted in two minutes, uh, you know, in his first fight and came back and won the title. WWE uh, storytelling hasn't been their hardest, uh, you know, their best, uh, their best trait lately. But yeah. there could be a good story there with Kane because uh, he is signed to a multi-year deal with WWE. Yeah. And it could also be though too with this, where WWE doesn't know what they're going to get with Kane necessarily, and it, it's all going to fall on Kane and how much he he how he picks this up and does this. This also goes back to Vince. His guy got beat in UFC by this guy. Well, let's get this back, and like that's. Because Brock looked really good in that. Yeah. yeah I mean, he, he basically, you know, dominated. I mean, he Kane did get some offenses. Yeah. It was like a two, three-minute match. But after the match, Brock just kept, kept you know, beating him up. Yeah, and I think that's going to fall on. I think there is a story there, but it's going to depend on how well Kane adapts to this and what they could do with him in the future as, as time goes along. And at WWE, no matter what, Brock got a dominant victory over a guy he lost to over in UFC where Vince, he doesn't care how much he pays out. Vince likes to always get his way where Brock has been his big investment over the years. So no matter what, they have that now on the books for WWE. Now it's up to see how Kane develops and what they could do in the future. How do you see Kane develop? Because it is, it, I know people make the comparison to Ronda Rousey, but Ronda Rousey had uh, great charisma. and uh, Different point of her life, too. Yeah, different point of her life. She was done, uh, but she also can talk. She can, you know, yes. uh, she's got charisma. Kane's very quiet. Yeah, it'll it'll be interesting because uh, the fans already were booing him. They were bo even booing him in Saudi Arabia, which was a very company favorite. You know, like they were chanting, "This is awesome!" in every match. Yeah. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see. It will, and that's again. And I was saying with Ronda, Ronda in her age, where in her MMA career kind of abruptly came to an end, and, and she dedicated her whole life as his cane. But I think, and she grew up being a massive wrestling fan where I think that she really, really, really wanted and embraced doing it. And I think 
Kane, I think that guy is a monster as far as in his training and how he trains. But I feel like his career came to an end more in MMA because it came to an end. Like there are a lot of injuries and different things. And going into the wrestling business at that, and he's a little older. I think he's older than Ronda, if I'm not mistaken, right? Uh, let me I should be that. wrong on that. But he, he had a, a amazing MMA career, but he got like a lot of He injuries. was injured all the time. Like towards the end there, there was, I mean, massive injuries. And it's that's to then go into that and to come into wrestling at a different stage, I don't know what his intentions are, but he obviously signed a multi-year deal. I think he's going to go into it full bore and try and give it his all. Because it, I a guy like that's not going to go. He's too much pride, and I don't know how much he loves wrestling as far as like WWE wrestling. But I think he's going to submerge himself in this and do his best to pick it up. What they get out of that, I don't know. I think it's too early to tell. They rushed it. They got the match they wanted, like I talked about for Vince and Brock. I think they've redeemed Brock on that for in their eyes of what they wanted to do. Now we're going to see. Kane, like, does Kane go to the NXT for a year, or does he go on? Is is this a guy? He has a family. I'm pretty sure. Is this a guy that's going to be going to you know to developmental or NXT on his off days to try to really really get this? And also, they have the like Brock is such an athlete, and like Brock knows how to be a WWE wrestler and not be a without just strictly doing MMA stuff, which we saw that match with Kane. It protected Kane by doing just an MMA style match. Now is Kane going to be able to do the, you know, not that Brock does up and overs and all, but Brock knows how to wrestle in a pro wrestling environment with anybody. Like Brock is great at that. Now Kane's got to learn that because you can't just do, otherwise you're limited if you just wrestle an MMA style. You know, does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So I think that's going to be, and I don't know. I want to believe that the guy is absolutely can do it because he's a great athlete. It's just, I don't know how long it's going to take. And I don't know where he's at because I don't know him and I haven't seen him, his development. Yeah. So, yeah. And to your point earlier, uh, Kane is, Rhonda was, is 32. She was 30, you know, yeah. when she started. Kane is 37. It's kind of a, you know, it's, not many people start wrestling when they're 37, yeah. but uh you know. With the injuries, at least, too, I think of, you know what I mean? It's a different, but I think we'll see what happens. I think he's going to, he obviously could do this. Yeah. It's just a matter of, of what they're going to be able to get out of it. And again, the promos and the talking, is it something where you, you, Heyman turns on Brock again and goes with Kane for a year? Because that's a guy that would benefit greatly from having a mouthpiece, probably, as far as until he's comfortable. But because he never, in MMA, you go out there, you don't have to be, the guy's all business. Right. His business is beating the shit out of people, which is fucking awesome. But now you're in pro wrestling where, and this is my thing, is if he's not good at it, and I don't know if he is or isn't because I haven't seen enough, put somebody with him then and protect him and get the most out of him, which I think they will. If they're probably paying him a decent amount, they'll figure it out. So Absolutely. Uh, well, Ryback, it, it has been October was just a nutty month. It, it's uh, <laughs> AEW starting up, uh, Fox, all this stuff. It's been crazy. Uh, thanks, as always, for having me on. It's been fun covering it. And uh, yeah, thanks for having me on. And I'll uh, talk to you again next week. Absolutely. Raj, anything you want to go ahead and plug to wrap up this week? 
Yeah, definitely. Uh, check out WrestlingInc.com. We got a new interview up there with Diving Dallas Page, Rikishi, just tons of great stuff. So, yeah, just keep checking Wrestling Inc. out. Diving Dallas Page, talking about if he's going to wrestle again. Uh, he said he said no. Um, Smart and, man. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, he says he's not under contract with AEW despite his appearances. Uh, WWE would not invite him to Raw Reunion because he's appeared on AEW. So, um, interesting stuff. Check it out, WrestlingInc.com. Good deal, Raj. Thank you as always. And guys, we'll be right back after these messages. Baseball season is in full swing, and placing a wager on baseball has never been more exciting than with betonline.ag. This week, I'm not watching any of the game, guys, because you know the big guy Ryback is, doesn't watch much sports, to be quite honest. But I'm not against it at all. And if you love sports and you love betting, betonline.ag is your place because now you can save an extra 50% added on to your sports betting bankroll when you go to clnsmedia.com slash Ryback and use code CLNS50. The best part is the bonus will be added onto your balance within seconds. Again, support our podcast by going to clnsmedia.com slash Ryback and use code CLNS50. A minimum deposit of $25 is required to qualify for the bonus, and please see BetOnline's general rules for additional terms and conditions regarding bonuses. BetOnline.ag, your one-stop shop for online betting. Hey, what's going on, guys? It's the big guy, Ryback, and I want to talk to you about Fuel Meals, my personal meal prep service I've been using for years. Meal prep at your doorstep. Fuel Meals at FuelMeals.com has something for everybody. An easy way to eat healthy in this fast-paced life we are all living. Whenever I'm in a pinch, I go to my Fuel Meals and I love it. I love to eat real food, but the fact is I can't cook for every single meal of the day. So Fuel Meals come in handy for me when I need it most, and I think it could help you too. Tell them the big guy sent you and use discount code THEBIGGUY to save 15%. FuelMeals.com Feed me more. We are back. I am back. Big, big thank you to Cassidy Campbell for coming on this week. I uh, really enjoy talking to him. He's a funny guy, and I look forward to uh, collaborating and doing some stuff with him in the future for uh, for, for YouTube, Ryback TV, for his channel, and uh, putting out some good laughs. That guy, he's he could, I could tell he's a fun guy. As always, thank you to Raj Geary for joining me this week as well. I would like to do a thank you for our sponsors, Real Good Foods. You could save 15% with Real Good Foods, guys, with discount code RYBACK. They have some, some great stuff. I'm a big fan of their pizzas, the keto pizzas, the low-carb pizzas, however, you whatever you want to call those. They also have a cauliflower pizza as well that is delicious that I, I have had four or five of them, and they were all great. But they got the low-carb enchiladas. Uh, those are probably right behind the pizzas. Those and the enchiladas are my two two go-tos on those. And then they have the breakfast uh, sandwiches and the jalapeno poppers, and I think the bacon cheddar poppers as well. So if you are in a lower carbohydrate diet, please check out Real Good Foods. They are in, I believe they have a store locator on their website also at realgoodfoods.com. Uh, or you can just order directly from there. Help help pay the bills for this show, guys, with discount code Ryback. On the, I'm hoping to be doing more stuff with them on the future, possibly even on Ryback TV uh, for the, some of the big guy versus food stuff 
moving on, moving forward. Fuel Meals, my personal meal prep service I've been with for many years. They have custom signature meals. They do chicken, steak. They have the broccoli, the, the brown rice, the baked potatoes, the sweet potatoes. They got, I'm trying to think they got, they got quesadillas. They got, they got pastas. They have, they have fish, different sort of uh, fish assortments. They are your one-stop shop for meal prep and eating healthy. Meal prep at your doorstep, delivered fresh, guys. I, I get my, my shipment every week, and I go back and forth between the grilled chicken and the grilled steak with typically brown rice and broccoli or broccoli and a baked potato. And I take those, uh, you know, for nine, 10 bucks, guys, 11 bucks, that you, you get these full meals. And for me, I'll usually do a couple of them a day throughout, uh, mix them in with my other rice and other vegetables. And it makes it just makes life a lot easier. You know, if you, you work at a, a job where you have to bring your food with you, meal prepping takes a lot of time. And oftentimes with that, it's just, it's a pain in the ass. And this stuff is very cost efficient, cost effective. You know, you order your meals for a week or two in advance and you just simply take them in, you put them in the refrigerator or the freezer, you poke a couple little holes in them, you throw them in the microwave. If you're, you know, at work, and you have your meal, maybe bring some hot sauce or uh, some condiments of your choice. You're eating healthy at your job, guys. And it's uh, and it makes it, it really, really helps keep you on track. And it, it, all the macros and the calories and all that are tracked. So I'm a big fan of them. It's helped me tremendously. And you can fuelmeals.com, save 15% with discount code to the big guys. They're at Fuel Meals on Twitter and Instagram. Give them a follow. Check them out. And uh, that's my go-to, my, my go-to meal prep company. Feed Me More Nutrition, available on feedmemore.com and Amazon. You can save 10% with discount code PODCAST10, guys, from this podcast. And uh, we just hit our record month once again. And uh, thank you. Thank you very much. I think this is, I don't know if it's five or six months now. I got to go back and look at the books when this month's uh, report is done and and look over everything. But it's, uh, we had a substantial jump from last month to this month. And... um, it's really cool, and it's, it's 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 getting busy, busier and busier, but it's a good problem to have. And so I thank you guys and the feedback we're getting on the supplements uh, and, and how it's helping people. And my good buddy Chris Pavone of the Chris Pavone Show just sent me a message yesterday, and uh, it was the best compliment anyone could give, and it was just simply, you know, uh, I bought your supplements because you were my friend and I wanted to try them. He goes, I keep buying them, you know, Two years later, he goes, because I love them and they work. And I go, man, thank you. It's, uh, and to get that kind of feedback. And he would tell me, you know, otherwise, and to see that people, the returning customers, that the, the returning customer rate that we have is very good. And it, um, it, it just, it makes me very happy. So I thank you guys because a lot has gone into this. And we got the new Shellshock Extreme Fat Burner with all orders. Those are going to be going out Tuesday afternoon. That for the orders from the past two weeks now, uh, not quite two weeks right at this point, but uh, the last week and a half, I should say, the uh, uh, we had a manufacturer delay, but the new Shellshock Extreme Fat Burner will be in. We actually, it now includes matcha green tea, which is even more effective at burning body fat and increasing your metabolism than the green tea we were using. I am a big, big fan of matcha, matcha green tea. So I think you guys, the, if, if it was, if it was possible, how did we make shell shock extreme fat burner even better? Well, we've done it with the, uh, including matcha green tea and, uh, we got the mango candy finishing up on that end as well. I'm hoping uh, to have that out, uh, here in November, which I would assume will be done very shortly. 
get that up before Christmas and uh, keep this baby rocking and rolling. Just going month to month, just trying to keep increasing sales and keep up with everything, keep customers happy. And as I continue to grow and expand the line, so and manage everything else. So thank you guys very, very much for all of that. All right. I can't forget this bioaccelerator, guys, the stem cell company that flew me out uh, to Medellin, Colombia uh, for the umbilical cord stem cells. Uh, if you guys suffer from injury or know anybody suffering from injury and you want an alternative to surgery, please look up bioaccelerator, uh, Iowa Hawks fan on my Instagram. David Truitt can be your point of contact as well as bioaccelerator. Their website is www.stemcells.bioaccelerator.com slash Ryback Reeves. That's bioaccelerator, www.stemcells.bioaccelerator.com slash Ryback Reeves. And uh, they could hopefully help you and give you guys some information on that. I'm training. I got to do record or feed me more fitness rebuilding Ryback episode three today where I'm going down to my buddy's gym, Brandon Allen, a big time power lifter, big, big power lifter in the game. He's had some injuries here, but uh, I'm going to go down there and hopefully get some time where he can uh, work with me on my squat and we'll get that footage captured as well as uh, uh, do a leg workout today. And it, it's constant rehab on my end every day with my back and shoulder. And uh, I'm getting stronger. I'm getting bigger. Uh, my, my muscle density is improving. And, and the stem cells having 14 procedures the last two and a half years uh, has, um, you know, has it been almost three? It's almost been not quite three years. It's over two and a half years of doing this. And this is the best that I've been. I got a lot of work to still do. I'm taking all of 2020 to keep. I got, I, I, there's so much work that needs to be done for the lost time, the last few years here of uh, having to just take it easy and, and modify my training. And I got to be very careful not to go zero to a hundred. And I've had some things where I've had to pull back on and just be patient and give it time. So for everybody asking about wrestling, I will let you guys know when I think I'm ready and, and whatnot. And I've always been straight up. I've been honest about it and I appreciate people care and always ask, but I got to take care of my health first. I don't make irrational decisions and like, oh, I need to be seen. I don't give a, just for everybody again, you know, I don't give a fuck about being on TV, guys. I, I just don't care. I'm happy. I'm living my life. I know the meaning of life for me. And being on TV is not the meaning of life. It's great. I want, it's cool. It's powerful. You can create some cool emotional uh, moments and have a positive impact on people's lives. But also, I love life. I love being healthy. And I have enough information on my injuries and my ankle injury with the nerves and that being connected to my back. There's a lot of stuff going on that people don't know about and whatnot. And I have to be smart so that I'm not, I don't go back to TV for my own ego or because people are like, oh, like we want to see you on TV. And then I'm like, oh yeah, I want to go back on TV to be seen. And then a year later, I'm all fucked up and I'm done wrestling. Like I, it's not how like, I'm, I'm too smart for that. And I've, I've put myself through too much and I've gone through too much to get better to make a dumb decision this close, uh, uh, this far into it. So just, uh, I appreciate you guys wanting to see me back and caring. You got, I, I need time. You got to give me time. To, you just, you know, the, the fucking stem cell guy was, I thought you were wrestling. No, I'm not fucking wrestling. I'm not ready. So I'll wrestle when I'm fucking ready. Like, like this is my body. And I know where I like, I'm, what I've, I, I get hot over time. I thought you were wrestling. No, I'm not wrestling right now. I'm not, I just fucking, Two and a half months ago, got the stem cells. I'm not fucking where I need to be yet. And that's just me being straight up and I'm not ready. I need more time. I've been out for three years. I have a lot in my shoulder. It's not nowhere near ready yet. So, and when it's ready, yeah. Can I go back and go do a match? Absolutely. 
I, I'm doing this so I could do this and not be fucked up later. I need to get myself to a certain point. So, and that's just the facts of the situation. Moving on now. Turn this around. My motivational thought of the week as I spill some wake up limited energy pink lemonade on my cheek. This is from Malcolm Forbes. And this is from my Forbes thought of the day. The only unforgivable sin being unforgiving. The only unforgivable sin being unforgiven by Malcolm Forbes. What does that mean? I'll tell you what I think it means is holding on to hate. And that, that, that is the only real true sin or not forgiving people. Um, and whether, you know, they're right or wrong or whatever the situation, that is something for me I'm constantly working on. And I, I, I always preach positivity and, and trying to love and happiness. And, um, but I deal with a lot of hate, anger, and I'm very, I don't put up with bullshit. But I also am self-aware, and when I get into a negative mood, of getting myself out of it as quickly as possible. And that's something that I think we it, it never ends. Constantly, it's practice. It's like anything, it takes practice. And so for me, in reading that book, and last week I talked about the book, The Vortex, it's practicing forgiving. And it's not, I, I self-admittedly, like it's very difficult. And I had to, I remind myself daily, and I do different affirmations and things, and actually just don't say it, but try to feel it. And self-admittedly, it's not easy because I want to fuck things up sometimes. And I want to, and I want to beat the fuck out of people sometimes that when, and I get pissed and I have a lot of anger at times. And it's for me that's in going down this path, it takes a lot of work. And I always, you know, when you, different situations of different people in the past burning me on different things and, and, and being pieces of shit and, you know, the company with WWE being pieces of shit. It's not easy, and I, I every you and my thing is I, you have to forgive and feel that forgiveness, and then and try to put out a different energy, which isn't easy. And like everything that I'm doing, and it all has to match up. It all has. To, I can't just hold on to anger on a couple little things, and it's daily practice of like. And, but at the same time, you also can't forget the situation. You just have to forgive and move on. Because if you again, sometimes I think people. Well, they'll, they'll just ignore it or they, they act like they forgive and then they go back to a stupid situation and do something and they get burned again because they, they did not, they were not, um, smart enough to the situation to realize that, that this place or this pe person, you know, they're probably going to do it again more than, more than likely because that's the type of person they are, the type of company they are. So it's, you gotta really, there's a lot that goes into this, but for the most part, this quote, I think, it being the only sin is being unforgiving. The only unforgivable sin being an unforgiven is holding on to hate because ultimately all that that does is it hurts us and it's something and it's not easy. And we all do it. We all go through it with our own life situations and different things. And there's people or things that, that make us mad and we choose to hold on to it. Now, that it, not to say that that other person it doesn't hurt them in a different way. But when we do that, when we hold on to that hate, what it does is it inhibits us from, from fully moving on to other things and it changes our energy and what we're putting out there. And it's not easy. It's like almost, and we see it in, you know, just to give you guys an extreme example, somebody whose family member is, you know, murdered and they're in court and you see the person, the, 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 the family member of the victim have nothing but love and sorrow towards that person. You look at you, you don't understand. How can that person not want to kill that motherfucker right then and there? It's because they've already experienced that hate before up to that point and realized 
that there was nothing they could do about it that was going to make that situation any better. It wasn't going to bring them back. It wasn't going to correct the past. What was done was done. That the only way they were going to be able to move on, they had reached such a point, was true forgiveness in, in feeling love and empathy and sympathy and in trying to go that route. And because otherwise they will self-destruct on their end and not going to affect that person. That person's the way they are. They're doing what they're doing. So I think it's reaching a level for all of us who are being self-aware and striving. It's striving. It's daily practice of, of trying to forgive and not hold on to hate. Not to say we're all going to have it. It's a natural human emotion. Somebody does something to us to get angry, and but it's getting to such a point where we, we can become aware when we are getting like that and then practicing not holding on to it. And that's something for me I work on daily. And it, I'm not nowhere near where I need to be on that and, and whatnot. So, but it's, and it's a fine line on different situations. And I don't think there's a right or wrong on just being one way all the time. But I do know that when we do hold on to hate, that, that it real ultimately will hurt us more than anything else. So that's my motivational thought of the week on that for my Forbes thought of the day book guys. A few plugs for the fan mail, as always. You can send all fan mail to P.O. Box 752740, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89136. Just please include a self-returned envelope, and I keep it to one or two things uh, as well on that. For personal videos, buy myself, cameo.com slash Ryback. I'm not really doing appearances or anything here yet, but if you, uh, any fitness things, or if there's anything, just inquiring about anything, book the big guy at yahoo.com. Ryback TV, guys, thank you for subscribing. I think we're approaching 140,000 subscribers here on that. And it is badass seeing this channel keep growing. And uh, that's youtube.com slash Ryback TV. Please subscribe. Please turn on notifications. If you could also follow this podcast, guys, subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud. Share this podcast as we continue to try to grow, guys, and get this out there. Uh, please, I, I rely on you guys on that. To, to, if you like this show, enjoy this show. If I give you, provide you any value to please share this show uh, with one or two people uh, that you know, please leave a rating on iTunes or wherever ratings are allowed to be left. And uh, let's continue to grow this bad boy because I truly enjoy doing it. And it's something that it brings a lot of um, joy to me uh, and then have the impact that I see that it's having on some people. So thank you. Wake Up, It's Feeding Time, my motivational book available on Amazon, a paperback, audible, and Kindle formats. And you guys can follow me on social media. I'm the big guy, Ryback22 on Instagram. Conversation with the big guy on Instagram. Feed me more nutrition on Instagram. Ryback22 on Twitter, at Feed Me More Nutrition on Facebook. Ryback247 on Snapchat. And I think that's, that's pretty much everything. Thanks, guys. You've just listened to another episode of Conversation with the Big Guy Ryback. Feed me more. This is Conversation with the Big Guy Ryback. Subscribe, like, rate, comment. 